September 21st, 2017, downtown San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference, the world's first and only conference focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. Learn, grow, and succeed with the top minds in the sales development space. Keynote speakers include Henry Schock, CEO of Discover Org, Manny Medina, CEO of Outreach, Christina McMillan, Director of Research at Topo, and legendary sales trainer. John Barrows, among many, many others. No fluff, no filler, just the data, research, and networking you need to grow your career and become a stronger sales development leader. Go to tenbound.com slash conference to get your early bird ticket today. Again, tenbound.com slash conference to lock in this incredible opportunity today. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am absolutely honored and thrilled to have my guest today, Mr. Brandon Comfer with Channel Advisor. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, David. I'm, I'm really excited to be on today. Oh, man, I'm, I'm excited to have you on. You know, a lot of the listeners that tune in to the show are sales development reps or sales development managers, and they, they always have their their eyes on, you know, how do I perform well in my job today? And then how do I move up in the organization and continue to add value? And that's what I, I really love about your background of going from a master's of science in sports management um, <laughs> to yeah. uh, working your way up the ranks. And now you're a sales development manager for channel advisor. So if, if folks aren't familiar with your background, you know, how, tell us about that journey. Yeah, so really is kind of a, a different sort of path to getting into into sales and then, you know, ultimately sales development management. But um, so I went to East Carolina University and, and really I started out, I was doing, I was a manager for the basketball team. So I was doing anything from, you know, wiping up sweat to practicing with the team, but ultimately really wanted to get into, into sports, whether, you know, and I really had my dream set on being a coach. So I've always had some sort of you know coaching background in in, in my my I guess DNA so to speak, and uh, so I was I was a you know manager at, at for ECU basketball and then kind of kind of got out of that I kind of had a a gotcha moment you know I was actually escorting one of the wives out of one of the coaches and she was like I tell you what you'll be a lot happier if you get out of this coaching thing <laughs> it was kind of like wow all right so. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of fizzled my dreams there, but um, you know, I, I did eventually get out of it. it. It did become a little laborious on me, and, and not that I didn't enjoy the hard work, but just wasn't seeing. I really wasn't seeing kind of a clear vision of where I wanted to go. So I ended up graduating with my undergrad. I, you know, ended up doing some you know jobs here and there and in, in, in undergrad, but took a semester off and wanted to to get kind of back into the sports thing. My my cousin is actually an athletic director in, in athletics. And I was like, well, you know what, maybe the behind the scenes stuff is kind of where I wanted to go. So I, I did that. I actually did an internship at, for, for Duke university. Oddly enough, the first game I actually worked, I worked in game operations. The first game I worked was Duke UNC at Cameron indoor stadium. And I was like, well, it doesn't, I was like, I've made it. It doesn't get any sweeter than this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it did, you know, it was like, okay, that was, a, a pinnacle. And then it was like, you know, 60 to 70 hour work, work weeks. And I was 
you know, I was getting really burned out on it. And, and then I ended up taking another job at, at a small university in, in Ohio called Denison University. But, you know, quickly kind of found out this whole athletics thing wasn't meant for me. So I rolled into uh, the family business for a while doing construction. And, you know, it was nice being outside and, you know, it, you know, working with family was great, but just, you know, the money wasn't there. The, you know, I, I wanted to, to go off and do my own thing. So I, I really, you know, all my, my, my friends and, and former classmates were like, man, you know, you've got this outgoing personality. You talk to people so well, you know, you've held, you know, you bid on jobs for the construction company, you, you, you sell people there, you know, you should get into sales. So I, uh, I ended up cutting my teeth at a, at a small company, you know, I obviously won't say the name, but worked at a, at a small company, you know, making gosh, hundreds of calls per day, you know, on the spot selling, you know, reading from scripts. And then, you know, kind of grew out of that really quickly and then uh, transferred into being an SDR at Channel Advisor. And that's where that's really where things really kind of took off for me. Did the full sales cycle uh, as, a, as an account executive and then moved into a senior kind of account executive role for, for selling enterprise companies. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, I had this coaching. I and mean, I know I, I related back to this earlier, but I had this, this coaching mentality. I felt like I could really provide more to channel advisor and to myself long term, really by helping others reach their goals and by sharing my past experiences and helping them, you know, tackle this whole sales thing. So, you know, I, it took me a while to find out where I really wanted my career to go, but, but really, you know, I, I started seeing things come to fruition whenever I was in an SDR. And then, you know, I knew that I could really contribute back to the company by, by taking on this management role and, and, and helping, you know, people that are new to sales, really kind of ignite their career. That's a great, that's a great path. And, and one of the things I think that's really important in sales development management is the coaching aspect because it doesn't mm -hmm. come naturally to everyone. I mean, it, coaching is, coaching is kind of one of those things where I, I think it comes more naturally to some people and they, they, you know, if they go with it, they end up being great coaches, you know, right. and uh, for some people it's more like, it's, it's more of a struggle so I, I want to go into the, the coaching aspect, but before I forget, one, one thing that your story kind of makes me think of is if somebody's listening and they're an SDR who really wants to go into management and move up the ranks, other than for just making their quota every month, <laughs> which they have to do anyway, yeah. you know, what are two or three things that you might, you know, recommend and, and uh, have them work on so that they really stand out amongst the the crew there. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and that's, you know, I, I've had, you know, I call them gotcha moments. You know, you have these moments in your career where you're like, man, like what, what else can I do? Or what, what could I do to, to, to bring myself to the next level? And, you know, I, I had that moment whenever I was first becoming an SDR and, and I always think stories are more impactful than actually telling. So I hope you, I hope you guys like stories. So so I, you know, when I first started as an SDR, you know, I came from a high, high sales volume, you know, reading from scripts, you know, so I really, I really didn't have any sort of sales background. And, you know, what I found was, you know, the first two months I had, I had not hit quota, you know, I was not hitting my numbers. And I went to my team lead at the time and said, you know, Hey man, I, you know, I don't understand what's going on here. I'm, 
I'm making the minimum calls. I'm sending out the minimum emails. You know, I'm doing all the, the, the trainings that are asked of me. And, you know, I'm not seeing any, I'm not seeing any progression here. And he was like, dude, are you listening to yourself? You're doing the minimum calls. You're doing the minimum emails. You're doing the minimum trainings. Like, what do you expect? You're going to get minimum results. So, you know, and a lot of my, my own team, you know, who's probably going to listen to this, but I, I, they always hear it from me is, you know, if you do the minimum things, if you, if you, you know, if you're running a mile and you know, you're asked to make a certain call amount, and if you're running a mile and you, you're, record for running is eight minutes and you get halfway through and you, you realize you're ahead of that goal, you know, you're not going to stop. You, know, you want to beat that actual goal. So what, what, what my team lead said to me was like, dude, you need to, you need to start. If you really want to make a career out of this, you've got to start doing some prospecting outside of work. You got to start reading some books. So you have to start making more calls than what's asked of you. You have to start sending more emails. You have to listen to more training, you know. So while there is some hard work involved, you know, of course, really in any role, especially if you want to be successful. But, you know, I my thing is, you know, if you want to make a career out of this, make it a career. So really invest yourself and, and immerse yourself in all the the things that you have at your fingertips. You know, I didn't. I don't think I went to went for advice because, you know, pridefully, I didn't want to seem weak or that I, you know, I needed help. And, and I would say that that is the opposite for for anyone getting into any role, whether it be an SDR or any sort of careers, you know, ask for help, seek out advice from others, shadow, you know, I, I hear the term all the time, case, which is, you know, it's an acronym for copy and steal everything. And I couldn't. I couldn't agree with it more, you know, copy and steal everything, make it your own because you're going to hear stuff that your coworkers say, or that your leaders say that, you know, maybe you don't agree with some of it, but you might take some of it and kind of mold it into your own thing. So what I would say is make, make this a career immerse in it. You know, if you're going to go all in, don't just dip your toes in. I mean, dive right in and, and uh, you know, get your hands dirty. Dude, I love that. That there's some great points right there for everybody on the call, even if you're like the, the head of your company. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, and I, yeah. I think it it also goes back to if you're an SDR or you're trying to get into the business, um, you got to really be careful about what company that you go and work for. Like, really take a step back and you know, really make sure that this is a product or a service or a solution that you're passionate about and that you can get excited about at least some of the time. I know that, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, it's, it's not like if, if you're selling code switchers or routers or something, you know, it's hard, but right, right. I think, I think the more passionate that, that you are, you're going to bring that natural energy. And I, I think a lot of people just like, Hey man, I got bills to pay. Like I got to find a job like super quick. So they take the first thing that comes along and, sure. um, and I think if you take a step back and be like, dude, can I, can I get into this longer term? That's, a, that's a better approach because mm-hmm. the, to your first point, I'm reading a book by, um, Grant Cardone, who I know is like a controversial figure, but it's, it's the 10 X rule. And it's like, it's kind of opening my mind because what I realize is, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, uh, forecasting the enough of the effort that it's going to take to be successful. You know, I'm kind of like looking at things and going, all right, this is about how much effort, how much time it's going to take, how much is going to be invested. 
And the point of that book is, dude, you're, you're like, your estimates are way wrong. It's not 1x. It's like 10x more than everything <laughs> that, yeah. that you're forecasting right now. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when you went to your manager and was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm doing 1x, you know, it's like, no, nah, dude. That's not how you get ahead. <laughs> you right. Do yeah. You know, and, and so, so to, to guess kind of go full circle on that, you know, so what I ended up doing was, you know, at the time, and, and I had a lot of motivating factors behind me internally. I mean, it was like, okay, if I, you know, I, this has to work, you know, I mean, no matter what, I have to make this career path work. I had, you know, uh, a fiance, I had a baby on the way and, you know, starting off as an SDR and, and I, I got a, a late start, you know, I, I got my first SDR job whenever I was 29. So, you know, to, you know, compared to now where, you know, most is, is coming right up, right out of college. So, you know, I was coming in and, and I was kind of the, the elderman on the, on the floor at the time, but, you know, I was, I was going home and my wife, you know, she is a nurse and, and at the time was, was full time. So three nights a week, she'd be going to work a night shift and, you know, I'd either stay late at the office or, you know, I'd, I'd hop on the couch and, you know, I finally sat there one night. I'm like, okay, so am I going to sit here and watch Netflix or am I going to actually sit here and prospect and send emails when, when no one else is? So, you know, I, I started early, you know, really developing the model of, you know, work when everyone else is sleeping or work when they're not. And, you know, I was, I was prospecting. Heck, I was even trying to take calls. You know, I'd get an email back from somebody and I'd say, well, heck, I'm, I'm free now. Let's talk. So, you know, I, I definitely really took that to heart, you know, from what my team lead had said. And, and you know, it, it certainly paid off. You know, I went from not hitting goal in my first and second months to hitting, you know, like 110 to 150% of my actual uh, goal for that, for that actual third month. So, I went from at the bottom of the leaderboard to the top of the leaderboard. And, you know, I've certainly things aren't, weren't always uh, rainbows and unicorns for me as far as happy. So, you know, by, by putting in that hard work, I quickly realized, you know, I, you can really turn things around by, by putting some, some elbow grease into something. Yeah, man. And, and I mean, to your point, like if you, okay, so say you are selling routers or something that, that not, not to bag on router sales, but you know, something <laughs> that, that it, it's not your dream product, but it, you got to yeah. find something to get passionate about. You got a baby on the way, your fiance is looking, you know, I mean, there's got to be something in your life that can drive you. Sure. And, um, and, and then, you know, it reminds me of uh, something that Brian Tracy, uh, who's another like guru guy who said, what's your E to E ratio? What's your entertainment to education, you know, ratio? So I, I, I know, you know, for me, like, hey, uh, Netflix and chill, man, I'm all over it, dude. <laughs> yeah. you know? but, right. but then you, if you're going to put too much pressure on, uh, you know, too much time into the entertainment, man, you're going to, the results are going to be not as, not as fruitful. Right. Uh, yeah, no, so, absolutely. But, but, that. you know, in that same sentence, you know, as much as I wanted to, to put all that hard work in, you know, there were, there were moments where, you know, my, whether it was either my management or even, you know, my wife was like, Hey, you know, I, under, I appreciate the hard work, but you know, maybe go enjoy a beer and, and uh, take this one off. Okay. Maybe, maybe relax because, you know, you, you know, while you, while you do always want to see hard work, while you always do want to put in, um, you know, as much effort as you can, you know, that, that balance is certainly a, a, a thin line that you have to walk on. And, you know, I, I know it's something that I still struggle with today and, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever really get away from that. 
but but I think you do have to find where you can get away and, and focus on, okay, you know, you, you got to be with family or you, you got to go out and enjoy some time with friends. You, you have to, you have to walk that line for sure. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, it, it's, um, it's, it's kind of getting control of, of your time and focusing on what's going to be the most important and because you could easily get burned out. I mean, there's a never ending, there's a never ending supply of things that you could do to push the, the chains, you know, but yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, it's, you know, in sales development is, is, is a role that can quickly burn people out, whether it's, you know, it's high call volume or just amount of the amount of no's you hear in a day, you know, it's, it's not an easy role. You know, I, I, I liken sales development roles. I, you know, I, I, I share this with my team occasionally, you know, Hey, we're the, we are the offensive line of the sales organization. You know, we do all the hard work and we get none of the glory. Right. So, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a hard job, but man, I tell you, I, I really gained a lot of, of personal experience and knowledge just from, you know, doing the SDR role. And I, I think, you know, if, if you're trying to get an entryway into a, into an organization, an SDR role is certainly a, a great way to start. Oh man. I mean, it thickens you, it th thickens the skin, you know, and yeah, it's yeah. another, you know, it's a great way to get into sales too. I mean, uh, you know, if you're, if you, if your prospecting muscles are, are, are huge, <laughs> man, and uh, you're, you're, you're getting all that pushback and then you go into sales, you're like, damn, dude, you know, like people are actually helping me to, to do this. This is awesome. You know? <laughs> hey, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, one other quick thing, Brendan, is that you mentioned, you know, you, you sat down and you were like, I need help. And then you took the next step, which is to go and ask for it. And I think, especially as people become managers, directors, you know, VPs, like you're, you know, your ego is starting to grow a little bit and you're, you're, you feel like you should be able to handle these things. Like, you know, what, what, what is it that made you, you know, feel comfortable to like go and ask for help? And, you know, what, you know, do, that's definitely something that other folks should think about, don't you think? Oh, for sure. You know, for me, internally, I finally said, okay, you know what, I, I, I have to ask somebody, someone else has to have struggled with this. And, you know, nine times out of 10, there's, you know, always going to be someone that has gone through that similar situation that you've gone through. So, you know, it, as far as you know, even a, even a second time around, whenever I came back uh, to sales development to be a manager, when I took on this role, you know, I had another colleague of mine who was actually a, uh, a manager of mine whenever I was an SDR and, you know, second day in, he had told me, hey, you know, I, I know that I was going to be the mentor, but I actually am going to move on to another company. And, and selfishly, I was like, well, crap, you know, that's OK. All right. So now what am I going to do? Uh, but, you know, you have to be happy for him because he got offered another role and he's you know progressing his career, you know, just like I just did. And, you know, I had another uh, colleague of mine who's still a sales development manager here. And after so I. Originally, it was going to take on a certain amount of reps, and then that ended up doubling. So I'm sitting here, you know, second day into being an SDR manager, and I'm like, holy, you know, I've got so many people underneath me. You know, my stress level was was through the roof, and but outwardly facing, you know, I'm, I'm holding it together. And it, it took me about a month or maybe maybe shorter to where finally, 
you know, and I've got some really good co-managers here, but my, my, my one co-manager uh, came up and was like, dude, I know if I was in your situation, I'd be begging for help. So what, what do you need from me, man? You know, what can, what can we do to, you know, because I, if I was in your situation, yeah, yeah. this, this would be brutal. So, you know, I, I've always been surrounded by really, you know, quality colleagues and friends and, and family. So I would say, you know, if someone is going through a similar situation, just, you know, either reach out to a friend at a, in a, in a similar sort of position that you're in, whether it's, you know, entry level sales or just another management position or, you know, if it's a friend or family or, or even a colleague, you know, I mean, you know, the company you work for, I'm sure, you know, puts a lot of time and effort and thought into who they hire. And they didn't just hire them because, you know, they picked their name out of the hat. You know, they're, they're, they've been through a lot of similar situations. And, you know, my, my colleagues that I work with now, we bounce ideas and problems off each other. And, you know, I feel like it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's like a show and tell group. You're like, man, like, can you believe this happened? And, you know, you're, you're sharing these problems, but it, it really is, you know, I, I tell my, my, my wife all the time, you know, I don't, if I didn't have these, you know, great group of people I work with, you know, to share those problems, you know, it, it would be, it'd be really tough. So, you know, I, I, I highly encourage people to either talk to coworkers or, you know, talk to friends and family, because I guarantee you they've gone through similar situations. No, dude, I love that. And you know what it makes me think of? What's the culture like of your company? You know, because it sounds like if, if you're surrounded by people that, that you enjoy working with and you feel that trust and that, you know, enough like trust and bond to be able to talk about your problems and like get stuff out on the table, it, that, that, that culture that you're building is so strong. But on the flip side of that, I'm sure there's people who are listening that, that if, if you don't have that support and you you're uh, you feel like you can't really reveal like what your problems are because the culture is a little bit toxic in that way. It, yeah. it becomes a that, that's a really damaging situation because then you bottle it up and you get more stressed mm -hmm. and et cetera. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, you got to talk about it with somebody you know, yeah. because you can't you can't bottle it in. So, you know, whether it's, you know. Heck, you know, as easy as someone is in is in HR or a friend or sharing a beer or you know with with uh, with someone outside of work, you know, you 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 can't bottle that stuff in, and and I certainly learned from that from that very problem, you know, because I, I was bottling it in, you know, I I started this new management gig and I didn't want to, I, I certainly didn't want to bring it home, you know, my my wife has a you know a two two year old and. You know, it was, was on the way with our second child. The last thing she needs is stress added to her day. <laughs> at least that's what I thought at the time. So, you know, you do have to share these these situations. You, you, you can't bottle it in because if you do, you know, it'll it'll really drive you nuts. You know, I, I don't know if there's a if there's a real, you know, canned response or, or, or a simple way to answer that question. But sharing it with someone so that you can get some sort of outside perspective is always going to be important because you'll you'll always get something in return that you didn't think about right so you know oh man you know what actually i didn't i didn't look at it that way or you know I, you know i never even thought about it from from that person's perspective i totally see why they were upset right so you know as much as i love to be you know kind of knowing of my surroundings or self-aware of my surroundings you know there's there's always going to be that one person where you're like oh man 
I can see how that offended them. And I did not even think about that. Or, you know, I can see why they disagreed with it. So always getting getting an outside perspective is going to be important. The best sales development leaders make it a point to learn and grow each day with the Sales Development Podcast. How would you like to directly reach these decision makers and game changers in the sales development space with your specific message? To sponsor the Sales Development Podcast, go to 10bound.com contact to request a rate card or just click the link in Spreaker or YouTube. Again, that's 10bound.com contact. Reach out today to the top sales development leaders in our industry with your valuable message. Yeah. And I, I would say, even if you're the owner of the company, you're the CEO, like whatever, swallow your pride, ask for help because oh, like you said, yes. yeah, you're, you're, you're going to get something back. Another thing you said that's really interesting is that, you know, you, you, you know, get out of your own head and go ask somebody if they need help. Like just, yeah. you know, I, I, I think, you know, just like one of the ways to release some stress in your life is to just go, okay, you know what, dude, like. I know I'm all up in my head and I've been <laughs> grappling with these problems. Let's let me go see if I can help somebody, you know, yeah. and then there eventually it's going to come back to you. So I, I love that. So, Brennan, let me let me just switch gears here. You know, a lot of people are struggling out there in sales development land with like the tactics, you know, that they're trying to use. Like, I mean, certain things, it, you know, it depends on the industry, but certain things work better than others. And I'm just wondering if on your team, if you're seeing any hope on the horizon, like, is there something that's working great for you guys or anything that you've found that works great in your industry that, that you can think of that, that um, people could potentially try out on their team as far as tactics? Yeah. So, so, you know, I'll, I'll share, you know, some of the things that we're working on here that, that I've really enjoyed doing over the last I'd say six to eight months, really. You know, what one thing that we've noticed and tracked, and we've we've really been good as far as tracking the data for you know connect rates and you know how often we get someone on the phone and how many conversations we have and things like that. And you know, the, the connect rate, what we've realized over the years, no matter you know what time we call or what portion of the day, you know, how many emails we send, the connect rate stays relatively constant. So one of the things that we've done, especially from incorporating a cultural in a, in a cultural standpoint is really focusing on call quality. And so what my management team has done here and, and really kind of came down from our from our director was really focusing on the quality of the call. So when we get someone on the phone, no matter you know if it's on the fifth, sixth or seventh call, no matter what kind of cadence we're following, what are we saying to that person? Are we saying the most meaningful things? And are we organizing that call to the best of our ability? So really structuring how we structure a call for our, for our reps when, when, they, when they get on the phone. So, you know, what are they saying in their opening? What are they doing when they conduct a needs analysis? And then when they build value on that needs analysis, how are they closing it? And are they recapping those pains to make sure that they heard everything correctly? So what we've done is, we've created a grading system and, you know, we actually have each one of our reps, you know, and, and, and you know, just as, as soon as yesterday, I, I was walking by a bunch of a desk or a bunch of the, the people on my team's desks and I, I heard them and saw them listening to their own calls. So they're actually choosing, we have a, we actually have like a, 
a, a team kind of spiff going on right now where they're actually choosing their best call for the week, you know, where they got an appointment and, and, and maybe in some cases they didn't get an appointment and then submitting that to their manager. Their manager chooses from the best, you know, anywhere from six to nine reps that they had that best call from their team. And then the four managers go up against each other for a quality call. And then whoever wins that week gets, you know, this three to four foot trophy that we have here, which is kind of funny that says, you know, hey, you know, you're it's the we call it the legends of the call. And, uh, you know, they get this this big trophy on their desk for the week and they kind of get bragging rights for 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 best call. And then, you know, we have some some monetary thing stuff that we do for the end of the month and for the quarter for, you know, who had the best overall quality score, you know, who won it the most and, and things like that. But what it's done and what we were doing, we were doing a lot of those things prior to this spiff. But what it's done is it's incorporated a culture for reps to know how important that quality of the call is. And we've seen call quality drastically improve. I mean, it is it is incredible to where now, you know, we get into our our management breakdowns of the calls and it's like, I mean, I guys, I couldn't tell you which one's the better one. I mean, this one ended up becoming an opportunity. So I think we kind of have to go with this one. Right. But it's been really cool to see how much focus these reps put on to this this quality call spiff and this culture that we've now incorporated with 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 everyone on the team. And, and you can really see, you know, they're their, you know, opening is very conducted and what they want to cover in the call. And then they go right into a needs analysis of, of asking specific questions and then recapping and say, OK, so let me play back what I heard. Right. You know, you're, you're struggling with this, this and this. Is that right? Cool. So let me tell you a little bit about Channel Advisor. So you mentioned this, right? This is where Channel Advisor could come into play and fix problem, you know, X, Y, Z. And then you mentioned this, right? So all things being said, this makes sense. You know, I feel like there's a lot of value. Why don't I get you in touch with one of my account executives who can take a, a you know, further step into this and talk about, you know, demonstration and things of that nature. But, you know, we've seen that quality really increase and it's been incredible to watch. And um, I tell you, it, it's one of the best things that I think that, that we've done as a, as a division, you know, since, since, you know, in the time that I've been here for sure. I love that. That, I mean, the, one of the guests I had on the show was named Steve Richard. And if, if you guys haven't listened to that one, go back because he, he runs a, a company that records calls and, you know, he's got all the data and analytics on, on how to make your calls better. And, you know, he goes into the importance. I, I think we've put a lot of emphasis on putting the systems and processes in place to, in order to facilitate the call itself and getting somebody on the call. But then... The missing link that no one's talking about is the quality of the call, which you right. guys have gone in and really, really focused on. So I love that. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it is hard too, right? Because especially being in an SDR role, you know, I can easily remember even, even being an account executive where, where you get someone on the phone and you're like, you know, you crap your pants because you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got someone on the phone and they're interested and they want to talk to me. So like... <laughs> Hey, you know, we have this and this and our company does this. Do you struggle with that? And so you, you end up doing this, this point to point needs analysis and it's not, it's not effective, right? You need to gather information and, and then kind of hit them with that, you know, giant whammy at the end. So all that value comes into place for them. So, 
you know, it's 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 tough getting reps to to calm down when they get someone on their phone on the on the phone who wants to talk. And if they're on, you know, towards the end of the day, you know, and they've made a bunch of calls, and then finally wants to someone actually does want to talk to them. It's 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 understandable. You know, you you've heard no all day long. You get someone who wants to talk, and you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> you go into panic mode. So it, it's hard that. getting them to calm that calm down, but rightfully so. Yeah. Another thing I really like about that is that, you know, you, you as the manager, you're, you're running around putting out fires, you're trying to do a hundred other things that SDR managers do, and you put a little bit of the burden back on the SDRs to say, okay, you guys analyze your own game tape, right, and then pick out the one that you want me to look at, and then we'll submit that to try to get the trophy, instead of you, you know, adding another, you know, five hours on your work week and trying to sift through all this stuff. Right. I love that. Yeah. You know, and, and you have to empower the reps. I mean, you know, so I, I definitely get, get lost in it where, you know, I'll, I'll walk into meetings sometimes and I'm like, all right, guys, you know, what do you guys want to talk about? Right. Or, or, or what are the things that you want to focus on? You know, I, I can come in here with agendas all day long and I can come in with things that we need to talk about, but at the end of the day, what, what are some things that, that you feel like we need to focus on? So I think you always have to, from a management perspective, you definitely have to come in and 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 take ownership and and you know direct people in the in the way that they need to go sometimes. But you also don't want to hear what to do all the time, right? So you have to listen to what the SDRs are saying, and, and SDRs need to to tell their management what what they're feeling or things that they want to work on because you know they need to make their voice heard so that their manager knows that this is something that they're struggling with. So it's definitely a two-way street, and you have to you have to treat it as such. Yeah, no, that's a great that's a great lead-in. Actually, the the sales development management training that we're going to do <laughs> has a has a template to give the SDRs so that they come into your meeting all prepared and they've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Because who who hasn't been in those meetings where you're like, so what do you guys want to talk about? And everyone's just like, ugh. You know, right. yeah. like, so. I'd like to talk about ending this meeting so we yeah. can go back and hop can on we, the phone. Can, can we go home now? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, that's great. So yeah, I mean, I love that. And and it actually, before I forget, there's an article, really good blog post that I read on LinkedIn about it's this company that does you know phone calling for 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 other companies. It's like an outsource SDR company. They do forty thousand calls a week. And they yeah. analyze all that data. And I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's really interesting because they talk about the tone, the tone of voice, the time zone, the the, the accent of the person, like all these mm-hmm. things that, you know, you can unpack by focusing more on exactly what you guys are doing. So, And I, yeah, I would love to hop in here if you don't mind, David. You know, one of the things that actually came up recently a couple of weeks ago in one of our, our, our divisional meetings uh, with our team is that, you know, outward projection of an, an enthusiasm on the phone. It, it's almost a lot like athleticism in sports. You know, you, you can't really you can't coach athleticism. You're either, you know, you're kind of you're either born with it or you're not, you know. It, so, you know, in some terms, you, you can kind of teach like, hey, you know, you, you need to be enthusiastic on the phone. Right. But you don't want to you don't want to fake who you are. You know what we what we found, you know, as far as people who have been successful here in the role or who are currently successful are, you know, when they hop on the phone, it, it sounds like they're talking to a friend of theirs or they sound 
so excited to be on the phone that they're making calls, right? When, when you know internally they're not, but they sound so, you know, excited to be on the phone. They're, they're, they are, you know that they're easy to talk to. You know, the person answers the phone and, and you want to go over to your SDR and you're, and you're like, were you just calling a buddy or was that actually a prospect you were talking to, right? So yeah. one thing, you know, that I definitely tell my team and that we share with all of our team members are, you know, own your personality, right? Share that on the phone, you know, you know, relate to people, have some empathy, put yourself in their shoes, right? If someone mentions that they play golf and you're an avid golfer, talk about golf, right? Share some of those things and, sh- and build a rapport with them. Be enthusiastic about the things that they're talking about and try to relate to the things that, you know, you might find in your life. So I, I, I definitely agree with, with, uh, with, with that sentiment. Yeah. I mean, you got to bring your personality and, and hey, that's this is a hard job, man. I mean, that's why, you know, after you, you made the hundred calls trying to get to talk to somebody, finally someone's like, hello. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> that's, that's a really hard position to be in. So to step back, take a breath. I mean, make sure that the SDR job is for you. I mean, if you're you know, if that if that's something that terrifies you, then you don't want to have like a miserable couple of years. I mean, just uh so, you know, um, so anyways, I mean, you could go on and on about that oh, for sure. hiring and making sure that you get the right people and all that stuff. Right, but right. Um, let me really quick before we go off that, what have you found that just like over the last couple of years, you're like, dude, this doesn't work. Like, uh, this is not working anymore. Is it is it basically the opposite? Like just not analyzing your calls or is there anything that you've seen on the team that's like, dude, we need to just drop this? <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and I don't know this, you know, I don't know if this is just like a in, in our division sort of thing or, but one thing, you know, whenever I was in SDR, you know, one of the things that myself and I remember my coworkers, it was like, all right, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we got afternoon call blitz. Like, I'm going to kick your butt. You know, I'm going to beat you. I don't care how many calls you make. Like, I'm going to make as many calls as I can. And you know, I'm a millennial myself, so I can't sit here and say it's a millennial thing and get into that whole conversation. But, you know, one thing that I've tried over the last year and a half is number one, what I've seen is when I put call blitz on the calendar, I get an immediate message that's like, hey, what's a what's a call blitz? What exactly is a call blitz? And then, you know, we I get call blitz, those times put in place and they're like, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather get an appointment or an opportunity than make a bunch of calls. Right. And I'm like, well, OK, I mean, yeah, I can't argue with you there. Right. Because I'd rather you have get that, too. So I, what I've seen personally is, is call blitzes don't really work as as well as they did. I think in some cases they do. And, and then, you know, long drawn out emails. You know, I, I've I've seen not a lot of success with those, you know, quick to the point like, hey, you know, Noticed you were selling here. Can we talk about this sometime this week or next? You know, saw you on Amazon. Can we talk tomorrow? You know, very quick to the point. Something, you know, I think the term is, you know, is it is it phone readable, right? You know, you see this long, big, drawn out paragraph. You're not going to read that. So, I, you know, I, I would say that those are those are probably the the two main things that that I've noticed that really just from a management perspective, don't, don't really work that well. And then from the SDR perspective, you know, make your emails short. You know, I, I've seen a lot more success with, with that than I've seen this, these long drawn out, like, you know, blogs and an email, you know, people just don't want to read that on their iPhone or their, their Android. 
Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I mean, even with the subject line, you know, yeah. if, it, if it doesn't fit on your, like when you're writing an email, if it doesn't fit on your phone subject line, like it dot, 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 you know, then yeah. shorten it up because that's, that's how people are digesting this information, right? Yeah. You know, and I, I think there was a study done where, you know, it was like, it, I, I believe it was three words or less sees the most success. So yeah, you, know, you, you see, we see, I see a lot of emails here that just says quick question yeah. and you, know, you get a lot of opens. You get a lot of opens from like, yeah, sure. It's a, this is a, this must be a quick question if they're saying it, right? So yeah, I mean, people are used to, and this is totally just. I'm not backing this with any research, but I mean, I think people are used <laughs> to reacting now because yeah. you're getting pinged, you're getting texts, you're getting da, da 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 da. So if your email is like, all I need is a quick reaction, then you might actually get some kind of engagement. But if it's like this long drawn out thing, it's like, oh god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Delete. On yeah, the next one. Yeah. This is just a bunch of. But anyways, okay. So Brandon, this is great. We're coming up on the hour. The last qu- question that I I have for you that I think would be super valuable for the group is, you're coming up the ranks. You're you're doing really well. You've been a sales rep. You're you're an SDR manager. What's mm-hmm. next for your career? Because I I feel like sales development leaves a ton of of white space because you you can become a sales development leader you can become a marketing leader you can get in sales you can own a company i yeah. mean what's next for you do you think in the next few years yeah you know i've i've thought about that you know pretty pretty long and hard um you know i've, I've thought about you know do i potentially go back and and you know whether on the weekends or at night and 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 pursue an executive mba or you know so that i can potentially open up more doors but you know i I, I go back and forth on the school thing, but really from a career perspective, I, I think, you know, some sort of director role in or, or some sort of leadership role in a sales development organization is is ultimately where I would like to, to go next. You know, I, I've still got to cut my teeth here in this in this whole uh, management side of things. But, you know, because I, I saw my career really take a really quick, you know, hockey stick, you know, left to right curve up. Right. I mean, it was really really pretty quick, you know, it was SDR, AE, enterprise rep to SDR manager. And, you know, it's in a matter of, of less than four years. So, you know, I, I do want to, you know, not in a sense, use the term slow down, but I, but I think that I do need to learn from where I'm at right now. And, but eventually getting in some sort of, you know, SDR leadership role, director, you know, VP is, is ultimately where I'd, where I'd like to be. And, you know, just continuing to share my experiences with, with the people that, you know, uh, that are, you know, working alongside of me or, or that do end up reporting to me, you know, I, I really get a, get a lot of joy out of it. I, I really do. Yeah. I, I, I'm a huge advocate for, you know, career growth and just the importance of sales development and, and mm-hmm. having, you know, someone like yourself move up to the ranks to be a real expert in this. I, I think it's going to become more and more important to have a, a dedicated sales development, you know, VP level leader um, mm-hmm. in the future. And there's going to be tons of opportunities. So yep. uh, that's, that's great. Well, Brandon, this has been amazing. I, I appreciate so much all the, all the tips and information. I think folks are going to get a lot of value out of this. And um, I just appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, absolutely, man. And, and, and David, thank you. So, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I enjoy listening to the show and, you know, I, I hope I was able to help uh, some people out there listening. Yeah, definitely. And we'll put all your contact information up on the show notes uh, when we post those. 
over at salesdevelopmentpodcast.com. And uh, Brandon, thanks again. Have a great rest of your day. Hey, thanks, David. I appreciate it.